0: Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. It is your host, Imani, and we are coming up on probably one of the toughest weeks astrologically um, for the entire year of 2020. So we start with a bang. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about this numerous times throughout last year um, very kind of vaguely especially when Mercury had went retrograde in Leo and re-entered Cancer and we were talking about remembering um, our country, its legacy for what it is rather than the myth that has been painted for us. And I spoke to a couple of different transits that will be happening in this year um, that have been examples of this white supremacist settler colonialism, imperialistic nation that we live in um, and the ways in which the powers that were are working overtime um, to perpetuate that agenda in the face of this really big time in, well, our lifetimes as people who are existing right now, in which there is just a overwhelming sense of tiredness that people have, you know, um, and having the the resources now as a as a collective to really kind of name um what it is that we see and that be understood not just by us but lots of people around us as well and and being on the precipice of this opportunity to really kind of shift and change the fabric of um of the world um and creating a new paradigm and way of existing in the world. And while right now it may not kind of seem like that, that it is important to note that that's exactly what's kind of happening. Kali Yuga is slowly coming to an end and we will approach a new quote unquote golden age within our lifetime. Um, And what that will look like Um, what the world will look like will be radically different and we're being asked to kind of sow those seeds now but there is a lot of stuff that's happening outside of us that does make that ask very very difficult one thing about this year is that there is so much really centered around what we individually are willing to do to push the boundaries of what is possible for the world what's possible for the way that we live the way that we exist um And unfortunately, there are a lot of different events and things that are happening in the world that make all of those changes and that really amazing idealism and dreaming energy that we cultivated back in 2019 that we've cultivated for a very long time to even seem very possible and real, right? Um, And it's a time to dig our feet into the ground a little bit deeper Um, and remember what it is that we do have control over Um, and being asked to let go of the things that once had control over us um, in our personal lives and in our communities and, you know, uh, really assessing, you know, this is a week in which there will be so much happening outside of you um, and it'll be very easy to be frustrated, to be angry, to be sad, to be de- devastated, to feel despaired. And there is this ask to remember the personal power that we each possess. Okay? So we're going to talk about a couple of things today, um, and um, <clears throat> given this what I've deemed hell week in astrology, so... We're going to talk about Jupiter opposite the North Node, which will be happening on January 8th, um, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be talking about this penumbral lunar eclipse that's happening on the 10th. Uranus is going direct. That's really important. It's very important for many reasons, as well as that Saturn conjunction to Pluto, I think it's important to note that there are a couple of really nice things that will be happening in the sky over the next couple of weeks. Um, So to mention those now, I think the beginning of January is going to be very, very rough and having to, it's a matter of what are we going to do with all that we feel um, by the end of the month? What are we going to do with all this weight? What are we going to do with all this heaviness? Um, That Aquarian energy, when it's not at its best, it's, it's humanitarianism, right? And it's about being able to be very future thinking. So unlocking and and tapping into your inner futurist, um, which is something that we'll talk about, I think the week after, as we talk about, well, Aquarius season, um, will be what we can look into and talk about. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back and we'll get into it. So first we're going to talk about um, Jupiter opposite the North Node. um, Also, which means Jupiter conjunct the South Node. um, Which is happening today, which is Wednesday, um, January 8th. Or it's happening on Wednesday, January 8th um, at 11.08 a.m. It is, however, an energy that will kind of linger in the air for a while um, as Jupiter kind of will just chill over the North Node. One thing to kind of mention about the sky at this point in the year, um, and that will be a theme among all four of the things that we will talk about today, is that there is no... Air. There is no air. Repeat it with me. There is no air. Awesome. High five. Yes. So we have Venus in Aquarius, in the moon, in Gemini. Those are the only air placements that we have in the sky, and they will be gone by the end of this transit, right? By the end of this week that I'm talking about, which will be the eighth Up until the 12th, there will be literally no air in the sky until we get into um, Aquarius season. And I say that because on the 13th, Venus will be entering Pisces, which will be a nice little retreat away from all of the intensity that is brewing in the air right now, which we likely have already kind of felt um, in the previous week um, with all of the... In scary things that have been happening, right? Um, So the thing about Earth um, is it adds an element of rigidity. It makes it very easy for us to be tough on ourselves, to be overly judgmental or critical. um, To the point where we can sometimes miss the point (laughs) of the things that are happening around us. The thing about the earth elemental is that it can be very stubborn um, and so likely we will find that we can be very stuck whether it be in routine or in a way of doing things in our thoughts, in our ideas um, and in a way can if we don't um, add the labor of intentionality we can lack the creativity that we need to move. It's definitely a time in which I Highly recommend turning in, turning in, turning in and turning in in any way that you can. It'll be very easy to want to lose our patience with ourselves and other people because we do not see our externality looking the way that we want it to. It's very easy to uh, say the wrong things um, when there isn't a lot of air It makes it difficult to connect with people. It makes it difficult to trust people, Um, especially when it comes to practicality. If we see someone not showing up um, or see someone not being reliable, getting their work done in whatever way, in whatever realm and area of our life, uh, of life can be very easy to go really, really in. Right, on that person or that thing or that circumstance, because it is in some way reflective of something that isn't moving or working out the way that we want to in our life, it can be very easy to want to be very forward moving and to move on and to move through things um even with it being that there's a lot of um, planets that are in. The sign of Capricorn and Capricorn being a cardinal sign, it being about being very forward moving, it can be very easy to also still get caught up in stagnation and limitation, um, and kind of create blockages. Right, we have Aries on the ascendant. That means we have a, a Capricorn midheaven. So this trans, this particular transiting aspect. Of Jupiter opposite the North Node is happening in the 10th house. I loved how Alice Sparkly Cat described the 10th, the 4th and the 10th house. We talked about this in the previous episode where they talked about the 4th house as being about destiny and the 10th house being about choices. And I think that really puts in perspective what this transit is really about. Let's talk in particular about the relationship between the moon and the sun. So we are at the waxing gibbous phase where we have the sun in Capricorn and the moon in uh, Gemini. I love when the moon is in Gemini because it just makes it so easy to get shit done for me. It it lights a, it lights uh, stokes my fire in a way that is um, productive. And I put quotation marks around the word productive because I try not to mean it. Um, in the way that it is pushed on us. Anyway, besides the point, so the waxing gibbous, as a child of the waxing gibbous moon, I have the waxing gibbous phase in my own chart. So it's definitely very familiar. The waxing gibbous is about analyzing previous self-expression to find a better technique through which to understand your personal part in relationships. So it's all about accountability and your responsibility to the way that you interact with yourself or with other people um, in particular. And so there is a very big reflective um, element to it. So the sun in Capricorn is like, we need to work hard. We have to be meticulous. We have to get shit done. Um, We have to be hardworking. We have to put in the time, effort, and energy to make life what it is that life what do we want right and the moon and gemini is like cool 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 let's play that can be done through play i'm going to assist you by playing um and so naturally those two signs don't necessarily have a, a relationship that works <laughs> very well right you can see how there can likely be a um Disconnect between the two approaches there right, where one is very centered around playfulness um, and even inventiveness and and creativity, um, and even a bit a little bit um, erratic at times and even unpredictable, while the earth element is really about predict what 's predictable right, and the mutable energy is of the Gemini moon is more mm, it doesn't have a particular outcome. Whereas the sun in Capricorn is cardinal and it's about moving forward, right? It's about initiating. So it's like, let's go, right? And if we have like a, what I like to call a moon, sometimes it's kind of like an assistant um, who can be a little bit scattered. It can make that process a little bit difficult. But what we can kind of look at it as is this opportunity to be very, um, Inquisitive and curious about the connections that are around us, um, our ability to connect with one another, to connect with ideas, to connect with our thoughts, to connect with the process of learning and acquiring information and acquiring knowledge, um, and then being able to utilize that in this structure that we're trying to build for ourselves. The thing with the waxing gibbous is that there is a need of to constantly choose to do something different. And lots of times it kind of happens through missteps. So in this case, maybe potentially working too hard or putting in a lot of work, or maybe even playing too much and not putting enough time and energy into what it is that we're trying to craft and build, or maybe being very scattered in the way that we're looking and searching for different things to add value to our life and not necessarily Searching or looking in the right directions. I definitely feel this energy where I'm at a place where I'm trying to get some career things together and being very kind of scattered in the way that I'm doing that and in a way kind of losing sight of what matters and what's really important and so the Sun in Capricorn is trying to hold a vision of a structure for life right and the moon in gemini is has to be intentional about the way that it adjusts its methodology to be able to assist that process if that makes sense the two things that are really important when we're looking at a waxing gibbous is that we look at what's happening with saturn and we look at what's happening with the sign capricorn all i believe i posted this last week um, in my story if you saw me post that section about the waxing gibbous from the book the spiral of life did not know that this would be important <laughs> this week but here it is. Saturn tells us about the boundaries of your activity in the world, right? So in this moment, the boundaries that we are being kind of confined and asking to kind of restructure and work through are those related to our public self. Who is it that we are when we who is it that we choose to be? Right? You have control over who, what it is that you show to other people, right? It's the 10th house, as opposed to the fourth house, which is more about destiny and that relationship to what has framed and made you who you are, Um, the root and origin of where you come from. Um, And the 10th house is about how you use and project that to create a public self and a public persona it often has its association with the career as well. And so there is this very big ask of what boundaries exist around the way that you show up in the world and portray yourself to the public and what things in your environment that you are learning, um, that you are in proximity to, what things of your environment are in are, um not encroaching on, but like informing that, right? How does the environment, how does the way that you were socialized impact the way that you show up in the world? Um, a really other interesting thing is that the ruler of the moon is also in the 10th house, right? So Mercury is there. So there may be a lot of rigidity around what we feel like is worth putting out into the world. And the thing with Jupiter opposite the North Node is it's a very big, it's very, as it was described, um, so as I was doing my my research and gathering things, Lunar Nodes is a book that I have. It's all about nodes and nodal aspects and stuff like that. One really big thing um, that the author speaks on is that it is a very philosophical aspect. It's one in which you bring a lot of beliefs and philosophies regarding the public self, in this instance, that you are then sharing with the world to impact not only your destiny, but also the destiny of those who will come before you, come, ooh, ooh, those who came before you, but also those who came after you as well, if that makes sense. One thing that I found really funny but also really um, important to mention. So the example in the book of someone who possesses that aspect is L. Ron Hubbard, who is the founder of Scientology. And so I, I naturally, I, as we can see in the world today, your beliefs matter, right? Um, and your beliefs set the tone for what is allowed to and what is not allowed to exist in the world, right? And right now we can see the product of a lot of really destructive beliefs. Um, So in addition to that, and kind of seeing the faded things that occur and exist in our world because of the things that people choose to believe, especially things that they true, choose to believe in relations to structures, in relation to law, in relation, relation to rights, philosophies, and structures that kind of build and govern our society, how that is impacting what we see and what is being nurtured and grown in the world, Right? So that's what's happening outside of us externally as we're approaching this aspect, right? And this buildup is happening. But it's also a process that we're going through individually where what are our philosophies? What are our beliefs? We can look around for ourselves and see how those things impact our individual relationships that we have, but also impact our ability to show up in the world. The other thing that we're looking at is Capricorn because we're looking at the wax and gibbous, right? So where you are most likely to be accepted or rejected as a part of the structure based on your willingness to work within its limits. What is the structure? What are the belief structures, right? So thinking about the beliefs and philosophies of the world is one level of it. Where do you or do you not fit into those, right? I can imagine that in a number of ways, lots of people who listen to this podcast or people that you know have identities that within this system and within this structure make you rejected, right? And it's being able to see what those are, but then also see what your personal philosophies and beliefs are and how those really kind of structure, um, how those allow you to be, again, accepted or rejected. So in the lines of kind of going back to the idea that we've been talking about where there is a world that we live in, but there's also the opportunity to create um, a new paradigm and a new world, what are the belief systems and what are the philosophies that govern that world? Right, and where are there limitations and boundaries around those that need to be expanded or opened up, Jupiter, so that we can create new structures, so that we can build new structures and create structures that are more accepting and ones in which um our way of showing up as our public self or showing up as the version of ourselves that we choose is completely accepted bam and so that part of the chart it talks about the process of learning better techniques so it is a slow and arduous process because Capricorn right and it is a process that is not necessarily done very privately at this point in the game but is one that's done very publicly so what we're being asked to do the south node talks about what is familiar to us and it's being able to rework structures in our life that are familiar with an intentionality that will allow us to move towards the north node in a way that's fulfilling. What are you interested in nourishing? What is it that you're interested in nurturing and growing in the world? Well, we have to start with what type of seeds are being planted before we can water them, right? What is worth being grown out of this garden? Okay. The ability to discipline yourself, your unconscious reactions, and yourself and your sense of responsibility towards other, right, so it's about checking yourself as well, right, because you understand that the choices that you make about your beliefs um and how your beliefs, your ideas, and your attitudes around yourself impact not just the destiny of you but the destiny of other people. Very intense but very exciting aspect um. <clears throat> And right there, we also on that day will have a nice little trine between Jupiter and Uranus. It's one that has been, I can't remember what day it was the most intense. I believe that was back at the beginning of December when Jupiter had first entered the sign. Um, But there was this really big element of like, what do, how do we grow for personal liberation? How do we grow um, to bring about that rapid change, breakthrough, and destruction of areas of our life's beliefs and philosophies that do not serve the function of freedom or liberation for ourselves or other people. So that aspect is still there, um, being very friendly and helpful. We have Chiron um in a three degree orb to the ascendant. Um, So there is this element of kind of like having a chip on your shoulder around your identity and who you can show up as, right? And so being able to kind of carry that perspective through the world and kind of realizing that some of the ways that we are, again, rejected or accepted as a part of the structure, a lot of the times has a lot to do with how willing we are willing we are or are not to step into different facets of our identity, okay? Um, All of this will be a really nice follow-up in or lead into Aquarius season, which I think surprisingly will be very, very um, a nice gentle break (laughs) after this really, really intense week of stuff. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. back i think one thing i don't think i've explained the l ron hubbard thing and there's also something else that i wanted to kind of say um but like obviously if <laughs> also if you listen to Jaden xd and you know that they refer to him as LaRon, <laughs> which is the greatest thing ever um but like you know there's a whole series scientology the aftermath and just we know how harmful the beliefs of one individual can be to the world and to a, n- a number of people that's literally created an institution um that has kind of like brainwashed people and tore families apart and led to people being abused and um taken advantage of in a number of different ways um but when we think about in terms of we've had fires burning um in Australia for about a month now somewhere along the line someone had a belief that the importance of a creative world is that much more important than the earth right that belief has led to a destiny in which the earth is not being taken care of by us, and we see these extreme natural disasters, we see a point in which we are about to experience scarcity for resources that did not need to be scarce, right? Can you see the relationship between choices and destiny? Can you see the relationship between choices and destiny, right? Beliefs we choose impact the destiny of those we cannot see. It impacts the destiny of a time that we cannot see. And so if we're able to see our own beliefs, our personal beliefs as being that powerful, there is that much more of a responsibility that we have to ourselves to, as the book says, discipline your conscious reactions and your sense of responsibility towards others. That is the big ask. Then on the 10th, we have a break on the 9th, we are going to have our um, prenumbral lunar eclipse in the sign of cancer. The sign of cancer, um, the on the ascendant, so now this Gemini energy has moved from the moon to the ascendant isn't that exciting so now the framework that we've utilized to add a level of intentionality when it comes to learning um, and learning because it nurtures and nourishes us and being intentional about where we are putting our time and energy and into cultivating thoughts Um, ideas and attitudes that are um, nourishing to us and allowed us to build that framework for our lives, now that is the perspective we're asked to take on of the world as we navigate the world. That's what's steering the boat, right? Or what's steering the ship. It's on the ascendant um, during that Full moon. Don't you just love this beautiful story that astrology tells? It's just so awesome. So, we have the moon in the second house and the, um, that big, 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 big Capricorn stelium sitting in the eighth house. It's all about holding on and letting go, right? And when we talked about the, was it, um, Yeah, when we did the last eclipse and we had um, Libra on the Ascendant, remember? We talked about knowing what it is that we need to let go of, um, informing what's worth holding on to. And so in this instance, there is a need for us to hold really, really tightly all of the emotional and nourishing, nurturing elements that allow us to exist and to release some of those beliefs and expectations and kind of um, systems that we've kind of integrated into our way of existing. Are being asked to be purged, right? This is the moment in which, aside from the realization of the beliefs that we need to carry on, it's knowing the ones that we don't need to hold on to, the ones that we need to let go of, because of the personal responsibility that we have to each other, and that the responsibility that we have to ourselves to constantly work through this unlearning, decolonization process that is excuse me, sorry, that is a lifelong process. Um, In the chart, both of those things are happening at exactly 20 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, no minutes. And this is the first time that I have looked at a chart in a while and I have seen something be at an exact degree other things that are happening in the sky so a lot of the things that we're asked to be being asked to let go of are to take it planet by planet so again some of the beliefs and philosophies that we have around um, structures around government um, around authority figures as well one thing I love the How to Survive the End of the World podcast and I was listening to the episode in which they had um, Matt McGurry, I think that's his name, the dude that was on Orange is the New Black, Um, and he was talking about how he realized even in playing that character that most of the frameworks that he sees in, um, in shows that are even kind of considered groundbreaking, around things like police and stuff like that are usually centered around reform and there aren't many abolitionist um, frameworks that you see in that space, right? And so even thinking about in our own lives how the idea of like abolish ICE or abolish the police um, or the idea of saying there are no borders, or saying that no one is illegal, or being saying that the future is genderless. All of these beliefs that we have are not necessarily safe in the mainstream. However, they do provide the structure for a society that is a lot more open and accepting of other people and the way that people show up, but also is one that radically rejects everything that we find wrong with our world at this time as well, right? So we're being asked to kind of see in our mind where are those limitations. To the way that we think, especially for individuals who are really centered around the the decolonization framework, where are there limitations in your thinking, and what has to be done to let go of them again, going back to the idea that we're being asked to center um, to hold on to nurturing and nourishment right, and embodying of that cancerian motherly energy because we're being asked to pour into the world in a lot more of an intentional way. So what existing structures govern our minds that we need to let go of? When it comes to the sun, what existing structures limit our bodies the work that we do, what uh, our goals and our ideas of what is possible possible for us in this moment and for the future. It's an ask to abandon scarcity. It's an ask to abandon fear, limitations, and boundaries that are created because of those perceived fears and limitations. When it comes to Mercury, we're being asked to think about the way that colonization, the way that capitalism, the way that structures and powers and authority have um, indoctrinated our thinking, the ideas we share, the attitudes we have. When it comes to Saturn, we're talking about the way that we think our life can be structured. We're talking about fears, again, and limitations. And when it comes to Pluto, we're talking about the things that we regenerate, right what is it that we're constantly cre- recreating in our lives because of these things and this is going to be these two planets Saturn and Pluto are of course increasing in their importance and in their intensity as they're working up to this conjunction that's going to be on the 12th okay we also have a fun little trine I'm sorry sextile um between the sun And um, Neptune, it was exact on the 7th when the sun was at 16 degrees. Um, And it has decreased in intensity. But it does add an air of delusion, right? Because Neptune is all about delusions. And so it can be very easy to lean into, if you want to, because it feels safe, but you're really going to have to try because it's a sextile, lean into delusions of the world, leaning into delusions of what it means to be yourself publicly. Well, if I take this job, if I do this thing, it could be possible that blah, 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 right? But then being able to kind of look back, for yourself and say, well, how does that inform those beliefs and ideas that I need to let go of? How does that inform those beliefs and ideas? Um, the way that I show up in the world, how I feel like I can express myself, how I feel like I can be myself, how are those things impacted by that, right? Um, and I invite you to use that aspect um, not in that way, but in a way where you feel comfortable enough to lean into imagination and being visionary enough to kind of see past what we're told is possible. Again, going back to the idea of like, maybe we need more abolitionist frameworks. What would a genderless future look like? Being able to kind of lean into being a visionary forward thinking um wanting to be centered around structured and structures and building but doing so in a way that is maybe imaginative and maybe even seems overly idealistic but is necessary when we're having these conversations and as we're kind of reframing and kind of determining what type of world we're looking to to create the Moon is really experiencing a lot of stress and tension because all of this, there was this video I watched and I'm not gonna name who it was, but it was someone that I had watched for a while and this video made me want to stop watching all of their content because they were talking about a new patriarchy. Um, I just, there are certain things that this individual has said that just seem like they're a tarot reader, but they seem a little bit, uh, right-wingy, which, you know, whatever. Um, everyone has their beliefs, but hey, what did we just say about beliefs a couple minutes ago? Um, and they were talking about a, a new patriarchy and And like uh, the man and the woman standing up for the, the, the man coming into power and isn't letting anyone, you know, tell him what he can or cannot do. And the woman by his side, it was just very like ill. And I can see that. I can see it. I think we all can see in our environment that there is this doubling down right? And we can see what happens with the eighth house energy, even though it is about letting go, it also is about repression. So it also is a space where people hold on. So what you'll likely see is not only an opportunity for you to embrace what we just talked about, but also seeing in your environment that people are really, really, really holding on really tightly to old ways of navigating the worth. navigating the world one really big thing about Saturn is that it is about tradition but the thing is are we willing to hold on to tradition for the sake of it being tradition um, even when it's hurtful and harmful to everyone and that's the thing about the eighth house right is that it, it has this potential to kind of spiral and become this really big and intense monster that's like almost uncontrollable, you know, because it, it's our subconscious. It's something, an element of ourselves that kind of governs and checks the way that we navigate the world, right? It's very interesting because in the United States' um, birth chart, there is this opposition between Cancer and Capricorn exists there as well, while our nation's sun is in um, Cancer and the its Pluto is in um, Capricorn, and it will be having its Pluto return relatively soon. And I cannot wait for that episode. Um, What else do I want to talk about? As Venus is moving slowly into the sign of Pisces, there is an intensifying um, square between Venus and Mars. I love a Venus-Mars square. It's actually one of my favorite aspects in... A person's chart, if they're able to work through it, um, it adds an air of. There is nothing more attractive than someone who knows their value and is a go getter, right? But with this aspect, it's there is a internal conflict between one's value and one's drive and will and the way that they take action right and with Venus being in Aquarius it has a lot to do with wanting to have this non-attachment to the way in which one sees their value, but also sees the value of other people and in relationships. So there's this really big element of like, I just want to step back and be as objective as possible about the way that I value myself. Um, And that kind of is fighting this Mars and Sagittarius energy where it's like, but we have to go, we have to do, we have to do, we have to take risks, we have to go in this direction, we have to do that, we have to do that, we have to do that. And the thing about um, Sagittarius and and about the fire and elemental in general is that there is so much passion and dynamism and it does care, right? And so fighting, and so typically, you know, Venus, Mars and uh, typically Aquarius and Saturn form a sextile together and it kind of works, right? But in this instance, because of the degrees, the orb between these twos, it does form a square. So it does form a bit of um, tension where it's like, how unattached can I be to the outcome of a future? Um, Especially when it comes to a future that's really centered around the value that I have around myself and what I'm able to do and make of, um, with that value. Right. And so also kind of understanding with Mars in the sixth house, there is an element of embracing and existing in the, not embracing, but understanding the toil of life. And so it's kind of like understanding that it's like a bit of a never ending fight (laughs) to, to affirm one's value in the world through the things that they choose to do and so it's kind of finding the space for you to in a sense go with the flow um but also being able to kind of care as well if that makes sense other aspects in the sky we also have a nice little trine between neptune and the moon. So it's definitely a day in which people will be incredibly sensitive. Um, and you just may be very kind of hyper, um, aware of what it is that you feel, what everyone else around you is feeling. And it can be also very easy to, to feel very emotionally anxious, especially in the, when a lot is happening for you emotionally, but in terms of what you're being asked to embrace and feel. And so there's this increased capacity to feel. Um, When you increase your capacity to feel, that doesn't just increase your capacity to feel good things, but it also increases your capacity to feel not so good things as well. Especially when you're being asked to let go of a lot of beliefs, ideas, and attitudes that likely you have a very deep and strong connection to. And they're things that are... Um, kind of help to formulate the way that you experience and navigate life Um, and have up until this moment been things that have allowed you to survive, allowed you to make sense of the world, that can be very scary. So it definitely is a day in which, especially for folks who don't, aren't necessarily the most self-aware and don't understand that this is what's kind of happening for all of us it can be very easy for people to get to be a little bit cranky um to be a little bit critical and judgmental so again I say turn in turn in turn in turn in turn in later that day oh let me read the chandra symbol 20 degrees 20 degrees of cancer well let's read the capricorn first i feel like i've read this one before a hidden choir is singing during a religious service the fulfillment of the individual's creative function through his participation in group performance consecrated to a tra- uh, to a transcendent realization of unity Interesting. In great cathedrals or other religious edifices, the choir is normally hidden behind the altar or above the nave. It symbolizes thus more perfectly the supernal harmony of heaven, which has quotation marks around it, or the music of the spheres. The ideal of social participation is exalted to its highest manifestation, for the choir also represents the multifaceted and polyphonic unity of the community in its transcendent state of perfect harmony, within this harmony, the individual who has overcome his egocentric separativeness and developed his higher consciousness finds fulfillment in personal in superpersonal togetherness and so this is very interesting because what we're being asked to do is break that very superficial um, unity. And as Rudyard described it, um, multifaceted and polyphonic unity of the community in its transcendent state of perfect harmony, it's a realization that it was kind of more about keeping up appearances than it was about the actual unity. And so being able to kind of deconstruct that to create a new framework that does allow actual harmony and actual unity. That is intense. It presents us with the purest form of group harmony, the most basic, yes, most difficult fulfillment of the social state. At the level of the individual person, the hidden choir would refer to the polyphonic integration of all faculties in their most spiritual manifestations, the ideal of plenitude, plenitude of being. And I don't know what the word plenitude means. No, I'm not looking it up. I'm sorry. I know I'm the words lady and I'm not doing that. Ooh. Cancer 20 degrees. Venetian gondoliers giving a serenade. Happiness as an overtone of social integration and conformity to custom. Venice can be considered the symbol of a social consciousness risen directly from the unconscious urges of human nature. Whoa, that is crazy. Because the city emerged out of the sea just as a lotus flower floats on top of the lake, its roots implanted in the bottom mud. The serenading gondoliers float over the water, their songs raised to the balconies where the flower of consciousness, the beloved, may make her appearance this play of basic human drives towards acceptance by the consciousness housed in the structures of the ego is performed according to social tradition everything plays its part man and experiences man experiences social happiness and a sense of fulfillment this is the 5th of the 22nd sequence of 5 symbols the urge for the individual integration represented in the first integration through meditation on ancient traditional forms is now reflected in the drive for social integration through the elegant and standardized play of acceptable emotions. The key word might be festivity. Ooh. At 8.48 p.m., Uranus is going to go direct. Um, what I can say in the days leading up um, as the planet stations direct, and will stop, and will not move for a couple of days. What we can expect when it does move, if we haven't experienced these things in some places in the world already, would include earthquakes. Financial, stability-wise, physical, watch out for cracks in foundation. And I mean that in the literal sense, and I also mean that in the figurative sense. So watching for, especially when we were talking about this um, seeking, woo, I just looked at my Harriet Tubman portrait on my wall and it just looks very intense right now as I'm about to mention the word liberation. Yes, as we seek a individual framework for liberation, Right. So being able to see what in our foundation and also in the foundations of others allows a shakiness that does not sustain that sense of liberation. And so from the cracks in the foundations, it's being able to rebuild that. Let me turn on my laptop. Right. So one of the things, um, especially when we talk about um, to talk about Harriet Tubman in particular, Um, There is a bravery um, that one must have to be able to take that trek to freedom where liberation means much more to you than the possibility of death right while it is about the importance of being able to get there and of course when we think about in the american mythology in the phrase give me liberty or give me death right and being able to know for yourself who i have chills right now that all at all costs what you're seeking liberation is something that has an importance beyond just now um, and what you know for yourself. But it's also, again, informed by your beliefs, beliefs. The beliefs that you choose are impacting or creating a destiny for people that you cannot see. Remember that. That, that phrase is incredibly important. At this point in the game, Jupiter is still going to be conjunct the South Node. One thing that... I'm pulling up my notes that I did for the for 2020, if I can find them. Is that it? Nope. Is that it? No. That isn't either. Here it is. So when it comes to Jupiter going direct, Ending of a cycle that was dedicated to knowing what plants can and cannot be formed in the garden. What seeds will liberate us and lead us to a natural fulfillment? So one of the really important things about January 10th and why it is such an important day for the rest of the year and even especially for the next month, is that at this point, all planets will be direct until February 16th. So it is really important that we're planting seeds, again, knowing what seeds belong in the garden, what seeds can actually grow in this soil, and which ones are worth being thrown out, right? And so I think that will be very obvious when you look in your external environment remember that Uranus and Taurus is all about breaking up our idea of stability, our idea of security um, to recreate what we actually need to feel a sense of security and stability. So what ideas in particular and what do we need as a collective conscious to, to reframe when it comes to Money when it comes to our value of sales, when it comes to ideas of beauty to really create a very strong foundation of value. What are the actual value systems that matter? I can see it, this Uranus and Taurus, while lots of the talk prior to the transit happening was about cryptocurrency, I've seen the um its impact on beauty and appearance which also is the venusian thing as well right so when we are having conversations about fat phobia we're having conversations about in terms of value about sex work and why sex work is valuable work and why it is um a A place from which people can derive value for themselves, when we're rethinking what it means, um, what labor means, when we're rethinking what it means to bring in an income, when we're rethinking what objects have value, when we're rethinking the ideas and norms around what is and is not considered uh, attractive or valuable liberating ourselves from some of the old ideas and frameworks around those things and so definitely if that is the your mo and that is a field um, or something that's very important from you for you um this is a really great time to kind of plant seeds around that whether it's related to legislation whether it's related to um um, uh, coming together with other people who have like ideas Um, another thing that I wrote is you'll see the growth patterns and limitations of those seeds throughout the year, right? So that's what all of these other, um, what are they called? Retrogrades will be about. This quote that I saw the other day that, um, I keep saying, but is very important. Um, the day you plant the seed is not the day you see the fruit Um, so for, in many instances, it's seedling, seedling, seedlings. And so you're just seeing the beginnings of some of the things that are working for you. Um, and I think moving into Aquarius season, Aquarius season is about wish fulfillment. The card that is rules, um, that's associated with Aquarius in tarot is the star, right? And so it is, as we move out of Capricorn season, it is the hard work that we've put in that will allow the space for us to dream and think and envision and innovate um, a lot more. So once we make it past this, we'll make it past this. Um, My other notes, where is it? So one of the kind of big defining features of the um, of the chart. So at this point in the day, we now have another mutable sign on the ascendant, which is Virgo. Um, And so all of that um, Gemini energy has been moved to the midheaven. And so at this point, um, the eclipsed moon um, will be in the 11th house and the sun will be in the 5th So there is this really big call to community, um, to the spaces that we're meant to um, be a part of. But also there is this really big, interesting, fun T-square between um, Uranus um, in Taurus, the moon in Cancer, and the sun. Uh, The sun, Mercury, Saturn, and Pluto and so realizing the resistance that we have to liberation frameworks because of the internal conflict that they have with the uh, uh, the around money and value appearance beauty stability income all of those things because they in our mind are in direct conflict with some of the those beliefs <laughs> um and Systems and structures and ideas and thoughts and attitudes that we hold on that are remnants of um, an old framework or a traditional um, way of of navigating life and I think because all of that 's in the fifth house, it kind of speaks to how deeply personal it is a lot of these identities that we've cre- that have been created through this system, like when we talk about blackness. Um, the idea of blackness exists because of white supremacy. When we talk about gender, um, and even as like a cisgender woman, it is difficult to, to conceptualize the framework of genderlessness because that is deeply tied to my identity, you know? And so being able to kind of think outside of that, right? And at the same end, wanting to embrace nourishment, embracing. And the thing is with an opposition is that likely lots of times this comes out through other people, right? Whereas the square, we experience that conflict within ourselves. And so it could be during these days that there are opinions, beliefs, and things that are reflected in you that were that you embody or that you still believe or kind of have some particular weight in your life at this time that you see expressed through other people that cause an element of discomfort or having people challenge you um, and your beliefs and feeling that internal tension. And it's like, I want to pour into this, but this is making me deeply uncomfortable because it's bringing up this feeling, this memory, this, whatever it may be inside me. Right. And so I think honestly it will be a, A day where it will be very, very easy um, to be triggered um, by other people. But we have to be able to navigate these things, not from a place of fragility and but from a place of strength and being able to name when we are uncomfortable, but lean in past that discomfort to be able to open up an opportunity for something new to kind of emerge from that. With Gemini on the midheaven, we're being asked to look into asking, we're being asked for our public self for the way that we show up to other people to be really centered around being curious, 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 being willing to learn, being willing to take in information. It's not necessarily about having all the answers. Um, be an antenna, um, be aware that there's maybe something that you can learn, if you don't feel like you're able to show up in a way where you're able to be receptive, I would strongly encourage you to do some internal reflection so that you can find that receptivity from the inside out. Cool? Cool. Alrighty, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I will be back to talk about this Saturn-Pluto... right um so you know this has been I really do not want to talk about this this has been um something that we have been talking about uh for a while um in many vague ways I think it's one thing as an astrologer to have the foresight And the information to kind of see that something might happen. And it's definitely another thing um, for it to actually happen. Um, And that's scary, right? Um, No one wants to have the power to talk about bad things um, or predict uh, bad things. Saturn pluto conjunction um is incredibly powerful um which will kind of which we see right now um but we'll continue to see as we get closer to the twelfth um and the intensity of the planet Pluto we will continue to experience um throughout the year as Jupiter will also be conjunct Pluto, not once, not twice, but three times during the duration of the year, okay? Um, I think, and I might have said this in the intro, the last time that I have mentioned that Ju- the Jupiter, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction was maybe over the summer, during the eclipse season, when we were talking about um, that, uh, <sighs> the... Um, it's so hard to focus. Um, we were talking about Mercury going retrograde in the sign of Leo and back into Cancer. Um, there are three instances in recent history. Um, recent is subjective, you know, um, World War I. World War Two um, and then during the Reagan presidency were all um, instances in which we experienced the Saturn Pluto conjunction. The last time that it was in a in the sign of Capricorn in particular um, was during World War Two to be specific, so it definitely is a aspect that holds a lot of power um, and a lot of power related to destruction. Um, That is just the nature of the planet of Pluto. Um, And naturally there is a rigidity with the planet of Saturn. And so combining um, tradition and war, combining time and destruction, combining fear, um, and obsession, fear, and power, um, those are just keywords associated with those two signs, we can kind of see how those things can spiral, right? When we combine authority and war, and when we think about our relationship as a collective, to war, as we think of our relationship to power, our relationship to authority, I don't think it surprises us, unfortunately, um, when we see the world taking these unwanted detours um, uh, into darkness um, and into carrying on traditions that are outdated, um, destructive, inhumane and just downright disgusting um and I think that's an important conversation to have um when we talk and I think back in the summer was when I started to really kind of use the word mythology when talking about our relationship to our country um where it has always been one that has been founded on war um and and genocide and othering um, and, um, alienation and this overall need and desire to be powerful, um, and kind of this looming shadow in, in the world stage. There was this, um, uh, meme of course meme that I saw where it was like how Americans view themselves or our country views itself and it was like the Avengers and it's like how the world views us and it was like um the Sith like the dark side you know and so like even then I would say Thanos is probably like a better way of describing that right and so just I think as people and through this conversation we've talked a lot about breaking up with the mythology and there is this as we see, are experiencing a very very intense and scary moment for our country, for the world, for the people of Iran, for people in the Middle East who have been um, the victims of this megalomaniac, power-hungry, you know, force that is our country that's fueled by this desire for money and control over resources that honestly belong to no one but the earth, right? Um, Remember what I said someone chose to believe that the value of a created world outweighs the value of the earth and at that point they decided the destiny for people that they could not see for a time that they could not see. Um, And we've arrived at that time, right? And so there is a responsibility that we each have at this moment to stand really firm in what it is that we believe, not just for ourselves but also for people who do not see us, right? People who don't have the opportunity to experience us, in the way that we're trying to make ourselves known, you know? Can you, I can imagine that while the personal work that we're being asked to do feels very scary, it's very important because the world around us is even scarier, right? And knowing that we each serve a very important important role in that and creating and choosing beliefs that will carve out the destiny for people um, in a time that we cannot see, um and in uh in a space that we may not be able to exist in right um people protesting war um during vietnam has inspired generations of people who have now had children who are now what baby are they are they boomers yeah um ha ha, ha. Who have become jaded but have also inspired a a revolutionary fervor that exists within all of us as well right so remembering the other seeds that have been planted and remembering the other beliefs um that have been um created destiny someone chose a belief that allowed you to exist There's an episode of the How to Survive the End of the World podcast that I think is really relevant, especially during this week as we're navigating these really intense things and as we're navigating being on the brink of war um, to really stay grounded in why it is that we matter and why what we do is incredibly important. What happens when we combine the words accountability and regeneration? What happens when we recreate and work to transform a framework of accountability among each other and eventually um, among people who hold authority? What if authority and healing can be combined together? Where are we with an authority on our healing for ourselves but also for other people, right? It's all about choices, right? And we're being asked to make a lot of really intense choices not just for ourselves um, but for the world. And I think I'm going to end there. Um, I don't want to get too much further into that because I don't want to be someone who fear mongers or is going to talk about this in detail in a way that is going to make people upset. I think people are already upset and people are already hurting. We see what's happening. Um, we see that things are intensifying and that's really scary. Um, And I ask or invite you to re-inspire people to choose beliefs, again, that will create a destiny, right? Even if it's one that we don't get to experience for ourselves um, in a time that we cannot see for people that we cannot see um, in a time that we may not exist in, okay? Thank you so much for listening this week it's a really, really intense week. It is really, really hard, but I definitely trust that we can all, um, make it through it. Um, definitely pray, um, pray, 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 pray. Um, in addition to that, reaching out to your representatives, supporting, um, friends, Co workers, colleagues, people in your proximity who are being deeply affected by that. That includes um, Iranian Americans and immigrants, as well as um, people who are at risk um, of potentially not having options for employment or existing beyond potentially um, being in the military, right? So, also praying for those people as well. Um, we can point fingers at the individual people like ourselves um, who are used as pawns in a greater agenda that many people are just not aware of. But we need to remember that when those people come back home, they come back with trauma, hurt, um, and pain, and often come back being siloed and forgotten. Um, So definitely investing your time and energy pouring into people who are vulnerable um, and who are hurting the most and who are going to hurt, um, the most, um, if things continue to kind of escalate or, you know, um, in the coming, not just days, but weeks and months. All right. Um, I have rescheduled my, um, Venus webinar for the end of the month because I just do not have the energy. Um, I am still booking readings up until the 28th again i will be going on a break from doing readings in the month of february so definitely book before then i don't think my march books are open yet um i haven't necessarily decided what i'll be doing then um i have written notes for the astrology of 2020 if you would like those i think i'm willing to give them away for like three bucks um, just DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is youwomanyou. Um, the link to the ooh, webinar and the link to book a reading. No, that's not true. The link for the webinar is in the description box. My link tree, actually, My I'm going to put my link tree. So then the link to book um, as well as to donate, whatever it may be, will also be there. If you guys have any ideas of any organizations that you believe would, um, or movements, whatever it may be, that could really benefit from additional funds, support at this time, please let me know. Definitely always willing to be helpful in a way that I can. Um, Just DM me. Um, And thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon that feels more honest to say soon than next week because I don't know if I'm gonna be here next week as in if I'll be recording next week I will definitely be here but anyway you understood have a nice week it's okay to go into hermit mode it's okay to cry it's okay to do all of the things it's not okay to self-medicate in a negative way